As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Alright, welcome to the special post- First round edition of Hear That Podcast, Growlin, Paul Ader Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you. And Jay, who, you know who else is here with us on the Bengals now? How you doing? <laughs> Jamar Chase. Jamar, what's up, man? This is Coach Taylor at Cincinnati. How you doing, Coach? We're going to make you Bengal. Yes, sir. Let's do it. We're about to take over. <laughs> How about him? You know what? Like, really, really nice of Jamar to go along with what we've been using on the podcast this whole time. And his first call with Zach Taylor and the Bengals drops the "How you doing?" in there. You know, it's it's just it was fitting. It was very it was very nice. I think he listens. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. Uh, so the in in the battle of Sewell versus Chase. We learned that Team Chase came out victorious both inside the Bengals' draft room and in the land of public opinion. We were, I mean, we were running, I was trying to run polls the last few weeks, and it was dramatically Team Chase amongst those, at least those weighing in on Twitter and on social media. Uh, and I think people had come around to be comfortable with that path. A lot of people had um, people not named Booger McFarlane, who apparently aren't even aware that Jonah Williams is a professional football player. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's that's fine. Uh, but so I, I think what what was your? It went the way that we thought the sign said it would. What we've been saying for a month plus now was if you're if you're really paying close attention. To, to the way they have acted and the things that they have said, it has pointed towards Chase. There was still the thought of, man, it, it, Sewell's got to be real here, though. I mean, it, it, and it, that there was a real conversation. But I think all those signs we talked about, all the paths that we talked about, the, the stressing of the deep offensive line class, I think it turns out that that's, that ended up being the difference. Yeah, I never thought it was – 
it was smokescreen or anything like that. It was, it's two years in a row now that they've told us what they were going to do basically and done it. Um, and I, I, I didn't think they would take Sewell over Chase, but I think, and I, I asked Brian Callahan about this on the Zoom. I was just wondering how uneasy they were. Well, first of all, I mean, when the, when the Falcons are on the clock, you know, the Falcons could have gone pits, the Falcons could have gone chase. And if they take chase out from under him, I mean, Sewell's a nice plan B, but you could tell by the way they were talking that they were all in on chase. But the big thing was the Aaron Rodgers thing that kind of hit earlier in the day, because what happens there if the Packers trade up to three um, and then maybe they want a year later after they made Aaron Rodgers mad by not taking a wide receiver, maybe they go up to three and they take Jamar chase. I, I, I think that was a huge wild card. What was going to happen there? I know a lot of people thought it was just a lot of talk and bluster, but clearly there's something going on. And, and I, it's, you just, when it's not in your control, there, there had to be some uneasy moments there that, that maybe he would get plucked out from under him, but, but he didn't, he was still there. And, you know your poll on Twitter. Uh, I think is is as distinct as the victory was there for Chase. I think it was even more of a landslide in the Bengals' war room. They just they seemed all in on him and were thrilled to get him. And we'll never really know. I mean, I mean, we maybe we will at some point. They 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 remained very very tight lipped uh, about it through the entire thing. They they didn't really want that out there. Um, at all, and they did a good job of hiding where they felt. You know, Chase versus Sewell was good for them. The mystery around that was good for them of other teams not necessarily knowing exactly what they wanted to do, even though it had netted out as Chase. And we don't know how much the opposition was, but this is where they came out on the pick. And uh, here's my takeaways from it because, you know, there's nothing new that we haven't already did, beaten to death with this pick over the last few months. But what is new, I thought, and what kind of came out tonight and I, and I ended up writing about was the, the, the personality of this group and the boldness. I mean, this was – a question was asked to Jamar Chase tonight about following in the footsteps of Chad Johnson and A.J. Green and – Chase just immediately pops off. Yeah, I'm going to break all those records. I'm, I'm going to come and break all the Bengals records. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. You know, and you heard him there in the open when we play how you doing, but then notice the end of that. He says to the coach, we're about to take over, right? Like, the, it emanates. This confidence, this really brashness, like, he didn't even mention, like, I thought he was going to be like, you know what? I loved watching Ocho Cinco, or I have a lot of respect for AJ Green. No, no, no. Those guys, clowns, I'm breaking the records, right? <laughs> like, that's what it felt like. And it's like, you know what? That, I mean, and after a whole year that we spent discussing Joe Burrow and just the ridiculous confidence he has, which is actually, which is far more subtle than Jamar, but that and then all of a sudden here's Joe Mixon in all caps on Twitter just going bananas uh you know about how we trust in Frank Pollock and you're not going to stack the box anymore and we're going bananas and, and then Tyler Boyd shows up and he's like talking about who where are you going to watch just like how, who are you going to cover and and I mean and now you have this skill position group that we've talked about that are all signed for at least the next 3 years of Boyd Higgins 
Chase, Mixon, and Burrow, who are young, they are brash, they are confident, and if the play backs up the words, you you have something special from a from a team that can be beloved by the fans and get the fans back in as well as one that can really win in in the new age of the NFL. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it, it comes back to the the first month of the season where, you know, if they start one and three, if, if they get off to one of those bad starts again, can that be the wet blanket on that that confidence for for the guys that have been here for a few years, it's the here we go again. For the brash guys, they're like, oh wait, maybe maybe this is a little different. But on the flip side, if they get off to a great start and you see all these personalities and all this confidence, and it just starts growing even more and more and more, that's when it, it could really take off. We, I mean, it's something that we talked about before the Burrow injury was. 2020 was the building year 2021 was the the window opening year for playoffs and then kind of thought maybe that's not the case after the burrow injury that that 2021 is more of a building year and 2022 is when the playoff window opens but i mean you you have to think that with all the talent they have on offense if, if they get some improvement on that offensive line this this offense can be really special and 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 they can be in the mix um the, the thing about chase it really struck me that I don't know if it's because he's with Burrow or if that's his nature, because that was not the Jamar Chase we saw on his pro day on that Zoom. He was a lot more reserved, um, a lot more measured with his words. So, yeah, maybe it is being back with Joe. I mean, did Joe Burrow have that kind of an effect on a guy from 300 miles away? Um, it's just it was really interesting to see. Maybe it was just the. The exhale of, of finally being drafted and and you could tell it meant a lot to him to be a top five guy. He was kind of laughing about, hey, Jamal Adams was six. I'm five. I'm gonna go home laugh at all my buddies that I that I got picked higher. Um, it just it was it was really interesting to see that dichotomy of of how he performed on his pro day zoom as opposed to tonight. Yeah, I mean it- it was interesting. We, we obviously there was a lot of attention on. Okay, so what what was the Joe Burrow relationship like? I mean, what in in over the last few months? How, what was that like? And he called it low key recruiting and talked about how Burrow was was hitting him up. But this morning he didn't know like how much he was just kind of messing with them and how much was real. And this morning Burrow sends him a text that says, "Get your bags packed." <laughs> <laughs> and you know this is the type of stuff that has people sending me inappropriate gifts on Twitter like you know it's just like when the it just it gets fans so happy you know this 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 confidence and this thing of getting this band together and and what it does for the enthusiasm of this young core of the offense is a contagious thing. And honestly, if you're talking about this franchise, which has decidedly been uncool for a good amount of their their existence, you go it's hard not to go back to 2005 and 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 the Chad and the TJ and the yep. Carson and and that attitude they had and they had weapons and and there and there was just this thought of we're going to go out score everybody and that team like I, we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's important to bring it up in this conversation. Like, this is what it, that to me, that's what this is. If the line gets itself together and writes, its, and writes itself, is 
that's what this is. This is an insanely exciting, bold offense with personality and weapons at the seam that is perfectly made for today's game. You know, Joe Burrow is was the number one pick and thought to be a guy that, you know, according to we go to some of the evaluator stuff that people would have taken over Trevor Lawrence 10 times out of 10, 100 out of 100, whatever of these things you were reading. Because of his processing, we saw it last year, his ability to move and see the field so fast. You give him all these weapons. Well, I talked to Brian Callahan about this on the Zoom. And, you, you know, you don't ever hold the ball. You don't have to hold the ball. Guys get open that fast, and Burrow processes that fast. You 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 can you scheme against any pass rushes. You still need to have good guys up there, obviously. But like a guy like Chase helps your helps you fight the pass rush too. It helps open up the run game for Joe Mixon. Like he said, no more stack boxes. All that stuff. All that plays into it, and you just have this the ability to be the 2021 version of the 2005 Bengals offensively as they grow together, you know, eventually get to that point. Yeah, I mean, the, what you said about going back to the, the 05, that, that, that's really what it's – it's going back two eras because AJ and Andy were talented, and, and they were confident. But they weren't brash. This is a this is totally new. And for some Bengal fans, it's 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 brand new. They've never seen it before. There might be some young fans that heard about Chad Johnson and TJ, but but haven't actually cheered for them and lived through that. It's it it's a it's a second coming, and it is it's it. I'm looking forward to watching this offense because it it is going to be one of those situations. T Higgins did not have trouble getting open last year. Tyler Boyd did not have trouble getting open and it wasn't like AJ Green was was pulling all this attention away from them. Now you've got Jamar Chase. It's it, it's just if you are a defensive coordinator, where do you focus? It, it's the, it's the classic pick your poison situation and keep Joe Burrow healthy and this this offense can really really take off. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So let's get to the other side of this equation here. You know, that being the path, Chase being the path, and... You know all that stuff. We've we've talked about it. It was the fascinating and frustrating and most important element of that path was going to be the sweat. <laughs> it was going to be the many beads that would come off of the foreheads of the Bengals as they waited to get to number thirty-eight and see how many of the offensive linemen they really like are still going to be there. 
Daniel Jeremiah talked about something a couple, I think it was last night even, about just hearing about the late run in, in, in the first round and early second on the, when is that going to come? When is we, what, because here's what we ended up seeing is a bunch of teams betting on the depth in the first round. We did not see as many offensive linemen go as we thought. And in fact, I was surprised in the ones that did Leatherwood at 17 is, is wild. And, you know, it kind of been said to me that the Bengals weren't really as high on Leatherwood, and I think I'd heard that from around the league. And and to see him go to the Raiders at 17 is another Gruden head-scratcher that we've seen a few of those over the years. But, you know, even then, then no offensive lineman selected the rest of the round. Darisaw went 23rd. Oh, yeah, sorry, after Darisaw, yeah, who, yeah. Who, who the Vikings traded back. And still got, but I mean, you know, after that, none. Of, you know, it just it just kind of sat there. Not just not no offensive linemen, but it was it was pretty heavy defense. Four yeah. of the last five were edge guys. the The cornerback run that I think everybody kind of expected to happen end of first, start of second is underway. I mean, some of those guys, some of those corners started ticking off toward the end of the first round, and and you you figure. There's probably going to be a couple more to go before the Bengals pick. They are they are in a great position. There are there are five tackles left, and they pick five good tackles in the range where you would expect them to to consider them at 38, and they pick six tomorrow. It's just they really couldn't have asked for a better situation here. Tevin Jenkins still out there, who was yeah. kind of a first rounder on almost all boards, and if you want, he's man. You talk about a guy that I bet you Frank Pollock. Would love. I mean, if you're looking for more mean on your team, which I've heard from a number of different people in the organization, especially up front, a little more nasty about that attitude, this dude will block you into the first row and and revel in it and did it quite a bit uh, at Oklahoma State, and he's still out there. I don't know that he makes it to 38. He feels like the next one off, but you never know. Liam Eikenberg is a fantastic fit. He's the ultimate guy who, like, you know, played tackle at Notre Dame but projects to a guard. Man, did we talk about that over and over and over again this last few months about what you're ideally looking for? You know, uh, uh, and it comes from a great line and a system of, of high expectations with the Irish. Dylan Raddins, North Dakota State. Walker Little, we, you know, we don't know about the, the medicals on him, but he's a f- mass of a human. Sam Cosme, you know, is an athletic dude and could be a great fit for them too. I mean, these are all guys that played at a very high level, played tackle, can play inside that, that bring you a lot. Then they're all available. If you're the Bengals, you're going to bed tonight. Definitely feeling pretty good about offensive line happening. And if you were thinking, well, there's a chance we could take edge Russia too. You need that too. Right. I think that's gone though by what happened at the end. That run on the edge rushers coming first probably eliminates the idea, not totally, but probably eliminates the idea that they would go that that spot at 38. Not that they definitely would, but I mean, I think offensive line was always the idea, but that, I think that puts it in stone. Yeah, the weird thing, I think it was six, to- we talked four of the final five were edge guys. I think it was six total edge in the first round, 
and Aziz Ojalari from Georgia is was number one edge guy on Dane's board, and he did not go. He's still out there. If he's still in play at 38, maybe. But the other thing, this came up on the 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 beat writer mock, and, and I, I would put more faith in in those than than some of these other mocks where these are teams making picks or guys making picks that are kind of plugged in with these teams and that run came at the end of the first round on offensive linemen and there 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 weren't anybody there wasn't anybody taking offensive linemen now maybe it was because the run happened but there wasn't anybody taking offensive linemen ahead of the Bengals at 38 which is why I I pulled off the trade to move back so now if those are if those are teams that aren't really in the market for an offensive lineman they the Bengals could have their pick of five guys or four three whatever it is and, and then that trade back is still in play and you don't worry about what I worried about having the one guy that was left Liam Eikenberg going and taken out from under you they could comfortably move back three four spots add some capital and still know they're going to get a tackle now the thing you worry about is some of those teams that took tackles at the end of the first round in the mock that didn't in the real draft, those teams trading up ahead of the Bengals and grabbing offensive linemen. There's there's always there's always the risk, but yeah, to have that many, it's not just the 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 tackles. There are there's Creed Humphrey, the the center from Oklahoma. There are uh, guards that would you would think would be in play for them if the tackles had gone flying off the board. They have a wealth of choices on the offensive line in the second round and the the trade back is in play as well just because there are so many options where they they wouldn't feel stuck if they move back and worry about one or two guys going out from under them and a lot of time you know we say this a lot of oh man there's so many options and people are like oh there's going to be a ton of options that's great there may be we don't know the Bengals board i mean they they're not mm-hmm. going to be high on all of these guys necessarily there's going to be some that they're higher on than others it's a, it's a matter of what i think if you're talking about would they trade back it's going to be a matter of well, how many people are in this universe of them at 2b right how many 2B offensive linemen do they have on their board versus 2C versus 3A, whatever? And what is that number? And if they feel like they're going to get somebody in the same universe and be able to add a fourth-round pick, I think they would do it. They've shown over the years it's one of their favorite things to do. So I would keep an eye on that, but just considering the sweat <laughs> and considering the need, this – and and the amount of good players that will be there, this just feels like a time where you just just stick, take the best offensive lineman you can get, and then you really feel like you came away with what you wanted here. Um, you know, I when you look at who's in front of them, you know, I it's I it's hard to know specifically if who, what these teams would do, but the Jets have already. The Jets already came up for an offensive lineman. They took Vera Tucker. Um, you know, the Falcons, I don't know how concerned they are with the offensive line. They were No one was ever talking about Sewell, really, for them uh, to the point where I would think that they're thinking hard about the offensive line. The Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins took a bunch. They, they should be thinking offensive line, but they took up a bunch of offensive line, and they passed on Sewell for Waddle. Are they going to try to use the same strategy that the Bengals did? 
you know, go receiver and the lineman later. Uh, you know, Eagles need offensive line help right in front of them. But it, it's, again, with so many of them, it, you got to feel like it just feels there's almost no doubt uh, of what we'll see. Not that there wasn't before this, but the way that it fell makes it makes it pretty right on. It's just a matter of who now, right? It's just a matter of who. Yeah. It's great when a plan comes together, and, and especially when so much of that plan is out of your hands. And you, like you said, you have to sweat and wait. And I mean, you know, they're going to bed tonight feeling great about chase, but they, they also have to be feeling really good about whatever's going to happen at, at, at 38. And I, I, that just opens the door at 69 too, because if, if they can get a guy that they really, really like at, at 38, it doesn't feel like you need to do that, that plan B, double dip at 69 it just opens it opens the window to every possibility at 69 best player available the old cliche but you could see them if they get an o-lineman that they really really like in the second round you could see them going in any direction in the round in in the third round yeah the third i mean the third round still feels to me like more than likely an edge you know i mean they they need that spot. That spot is glaring. And, you know, you, as much as we talk about the run that happened, there's still going to be a lot of guys, guys that you've heard us been talking about, the two Pittsburgh kids. Basham is out there. Not that he's going to fall that far. Perkins. You know, you've you, there's going to be edge players out there uh, for for this team. And then, and, and you know, you chalk up. One, two, three, one out of each of your three top needs in your first three rounds, and then you start the process of doubling up feels like a very real possibility. But, you know, like you said, this is that third round is a very wide open deal because we just mentioned all of these offensive linemen. <laughs> I mean, they're not all going to go in the second round. I mean, some of those Quinn Miners, you know, I mean, we'll be, I mean, these guys, quality guards that could be out there. We talked about the third round honey hole, particularly where you end up with guys who are small school, plays in the interior. A guy, I mean, you know, that's the, that is the absolute telltale stereotype of everybody that we talked about that has been such, so successful in that range there in the third. If it's me, I tell Lou Anarumo to go kick rocks. I'm taking another offensive lineman. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We gave you like 39 guys the last two years in free agency. You can spare a third round defensive end. Okay. Uh, If it's me and and to me, that's the ideal scenario of this weekend is the mad sliding all over the offensive line. You get Eichenberg and miners in the second and the third. And you really, I mean, then how do you feel, right? I mean, you are feeling like a million bucks when you, when you, when you, uh, you know, go to bed Friday night. I mean, you're not going to bed probably. You're just staying up drinking all night, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you talk about that glaring need of edge, but the the wild card here, and it's not as glaring of a need, but it's on that defensive flight. It's defensive tackle. And Mm -hmm. it's the, um, I I hate that I don't know how to say this guy's on, on was, on was Ricky. Yeah, the Levi kid from Washington is—it's a thin class, and he's—he's one of the top two. Him and Bearmore, 
And if, if he's still there at 38, I, I, like I said, that is a wild card. I would, I would not rule that out um, for the Bengals to go that direction in the second round. I, I know they're they're they'd probably get killed for it passing on a offensive lineman in the first and second round, but but I, I really do think that would be in play. They would get killed for it on yeah. this airwave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we can we can talk ourselves into Chase, and we can talk ourselves into um, the path and understand it. It, it. But when you have all these guys that are that fall that fall, and that the depth of this class shows itself, and you still pass a second time, you're going to get killed, and and chose Joe Burrow. So it's like you know, <laughs> at some point we've gotta we've gotta say, look, can you just invest? I mean, you're right, but I, I just the the whole. I think a lot most boards have Levi a lot higher, and if he's sitting there at 38, I just I I think the temptation would be real. But you're right. I mean, it it, it they almost have to. But if you see it, there's all these guys still available, and you know it's not going to be a crazy run, and you're you're going to have quality to pick from in the third round. I just I don't know. I think it'll be a really fascinating decision if he's the one, like I said, wild card that I I think would would make things really interesting in the second round. We shall see. Uh, but coming out of the first round, it was Jamar Chase beats out Panay Sewell. Team Chase can can hold the the fictional trophy that they they made up a game to. Own. I don't know. It's. <laughs> it, I hope Team Chase is is feeling good about themselves tonight. I'm, and I'm sure there are. I I do enjoy and I've enjoyed the intellectual discussion we've been able to have about this over time and how many so many fans uh, informed themselves and understood this path. Right, like. Because what we what did we see? We saw what we knew we would see, right? So many national people taking swipes at the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to take an offensive lineman. Well, if you really have some nuance and some understanding of everything at play here and how it could all work, you understand that it, there's it's not as simple as saying Burrow Scar lineman, right? Whether the whether that was the right choice or not, I mean, and and I was on Team Sewell, but. If, you know, it's it's not that simple. There there is no wrong answer here. And if you understood things and understood the possibilities, you would you would people got that. And most Bengals fans did. And I, and it was fun to listen to an elevated discussion happen on this over the course of the last few months. And it proved itself out in people being excited about them passing on offensive linemen at number five overall. We can do anything, people. We can do anything. I just look forward to a future growler bet on the number of how you doings we get in Zooms <laughs> all year from Jamar Chase. How you doing, Coach? <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we will be back tomorrow night after, really, let's be honest, much hubbub and to-do made of the first round, as there should be. Tomorrow is the most important day of their offseason. Mm-hmm. Number, the number one need, the number one issue, the scar, all of it. 
They have to protect. They have to get it right. Inevitably, we won't know if they got it right uh, immediately. Um, but this is their chance to solve a whole lot of problems and get themselves in a much better place up front if they can get this one right tomorrow. It can really be the defining move. Of all the moves they've done this whole offseason, this is the one that can turn it from a good offseason, in their mind, to a great one, is if tomorrow goes well. Um, so we'll, have, we'll be back to talk about that tomorrow night when it's done. And outside of that, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed the first round. Congratulations, Team Chase. Drink up. We'll talk to you tomorrow.